You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we are your hosts, Emma and Mary Kingsley, the mother-daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. Good morning. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Good Dirt Podcast. And we've decided to just sit down and have a conversation, the two of us, about my wedding. (laughs) Yes, Emma's wedding. Yes, my wedding. I have a wedding coming up in May and I've been engaged since November. So it's been a relatively short engagement. And before I got engaged, we would talk a lot about oh, we should talk about weddings on Lady Farmer on the Good Dirt. Weddings are a really good example of a big event that many people go through that has a lot associated with it with sustainability or not sustainability. So we've been having these conversations between us two and we thought it'd be fun to put the mics on since actually we're running up on some things and we actually really do need to talk about some stuff. (laughs) So we figured, why don't we just record the conversation and see if other people (laughs) might find it interesting, whether or not you're in the planning process of a wedding, just what things that we're thinking about and what we're doing. So I'll start by asking you a question, mom, before even wedding was in the picture. Yeah. And if you thought about my wedding, did you have any ideas or pictures in your head in the context of Lady Farmer and like how we might do it? So I always had in mind something here at the farm, in the yard, something simple, something even planned like rather quickly and something where we didn't get all carried away with details. And it was something that came off relatively low key. Right. And we talked so much about that when you got engaged, like how to do it. But you had other ideas about what you wanted your wedding to be that didn't fit this. It wasn't that you needed a huge wedding. You want to talk about that, like your concept yeah. of it? Yeah. So I think because we're not originally from where the farm is, we have a lot of history elsewhere. I went to school elsewhere. I lived in France. I've traveled around and Cam is not from the area where we're getting married. Almost everyone is coming in. We have a little cohort of local people, but it's going to be a destination for most everyone. Right. And um Maybe if we were in our early 20s, we could have done a big camping party at the farm. I think we're beyond that. And most of our guests might be. And so we wanted a place where everyone could stay really close by. So my idea of simplicity and ease, and I'm doing air quotes, sustainability, was lowest lift for guests to come. And if we had something at the farm is actually like... 20 to 30 minutes away from the nearest hotel. Mm -hmm. It would be coordinating. There's not great parking. If cars are parking at the farm, there's like mud and getting stuck. I don't know. And you can take that with any aspect of a wedding and you can think one thing's really simple. And if you look at it another way, it's not. And I came to 
agree with you completely that, yeah, this is mm-hmm. the thing to do. And you know, we found this wonderful venue, really fun and low-key and rustic, where people can come and stay, and there's no problems with transportation and getting people here and there. It mm-hmm. So it's really ideal. So I, despite what I might have had in my mind, a, a vague idea of it, like way before it came about, really happy with this decision. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wonderful. Yeah. Takes a lot of yeah, pressure so- off, too. Wow. If, to transform your personal space into a wedding venue. <laughs> Even you might want to say, "Oh, no pressure, we're going to keep it simple," but that's easier said than done. I think when it's your daughter's totally. wedding. Totally. Yeah. That's the other thing about the using your, I mean, kudos to people that do it. I know people do it yeah. all the time and that's so meaningful and awesome, but you have to rent bathrooms. Like you're just thinking about all the details that goes into hosting. We're not even talking about a lot of people. We're talking about 50 to 100 it is a lot of people to have at your backyard at once, but it's not like a huge wedding. Right. And it's just so much goes into it. So kudos to those of you who are doing it and permission to anyone who's might be thinking about this or anything that yeah. they think, oh, it's going to be so simple. I'm just going to do it this way because I think that's going to be so simple. And think about the ways in which you want it to be simple. And for us, it was prioritizing our guests to have a simple time. (laughs) Yeah. And when we did that, we realized, oh, this is simpler for us too. Makes perfect sense. Yes. So moving on through the different big things of a wedding. Yeah. We thought hit the big headliners, right? So we have the wedding dress. We're going to talk about the food and catering, flowers, and other things and registry. That's been a hot topic at our house. Starting with the wedding dress. I'm going to tell you guys about my wedding dress. Are you excited? (laughs) (laughs) Mom, do you know the history of the wedding dress? The history of the wedding, like the tradition of the wedding dress? Mm -hmm. I think it has something to do with Queen Victoria. or I think she started the white wedding dress. I found this little article. I knew it was also Queen Victoria and something with the white wedding dress. And it's really interesting. I'm just going to read this little snippet. Okay. Some people believe that the tradition of white, wedding tradition of white stems from the marriage market tradition, which is like creating things for weddings as a market, marketable thing. Ever heard of it? (laughs) But it is just as likely that it was solidified with the Victorian age steeped in connotations of virginity and purity. So that's another reason for white purity. Costly and difficult to keep clean, white garments had appeared as a status symbol in British weddings throughout the 1400s and 1500s. But when Queen Victoria wore a white wedding gown to be married in 1840, the notion of a white wedding dress became the standard of the Western world. Until Victoria, the idea of purchasing a wedding dress to wear once simply wasn't an option. The queen herself reused both her dress and veil, and many non-royal women would have simply used their Sunday best or else dyed and altered a new gown for subsequent reuse. But with the Industrial Revolution and the rise of photography, the emphasis on a one-time-only dream gown became stronger, with white looking particularly striking in the new monochrome or sepia technology. Wow. That really puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. And right during the Industrial Revolution, when suddenly there evolved a wedding industry out of Mm -hmm. those whole ideas. And look where we are now. Wow. And it goes in and out throughout the 20th century war effort, 
women not buying as much, going back to Sunday best kind of thing, in and out, and all the way up to where we are today, (laughs) which is a huge industry, however you decide to look at it. And I am someone who I've always been fascinated by weddings and I love weddings. And when I was little, I was probably a bride for Halloween multiple times. Is that true, mom? That's what I remember. Or I just dressed up as a bride. Uh, we do have this really cute picture of you dressing up as a bride. And I don't think it was Halloween. I think it was because we went to a neighbor's wedding and said so you wanted to be a bride. Oh, yeah. So I love weddings. I always love the weddings. So I've thought, I'm one of these people that has thought about weddings. Not specifically like this is what I have to have in my wedding, but I just love weddings. And I used to work with a woman who designed weddings and I helped her think through all of those things. And so I learned a lot about different wedding dress designers and lots of things that would be outside my budget. <laughs> but I, I feel lucky to have been familiar with the market and to let myself explore that world even before I was planning my own wedding because what I realized is that it's just so massive and there's a lot of really clever marketing that is difficult to escape. So mm-hmm. I came into it with a fairly informed sense of what's out there and also in sense that... I can do whatever I want. And I don't know if everybody feels that way when they start to plan their wedding. So yeah. I don't know if that was just me or I don't know. I felt a lack of pressure. That's what we wanted to chat oh, about. Yeah, There's a lot of pressure around the wedding dress. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you feel any pressure with your wedding dress or that experience? Somehow, and I really don't know why or the reason for this, but somehow when I was getting ready for my wedding, which is almost 40 years ago now, which is really hard to believe. But somehow I had the sense that the whole wedding dress thing was a consumer trap. This was back in 1983. And I really did not want to play that game. So I went and found myself something I really liked that was $70. And I was just happy as could be with it. For some reason, I did not feel the need to go and buy one of those big fancy things with tons of material. Mine was very simple, not much material. It was long. It was beautiful. It was a gunny sacks. If anybody remembers the gunny sacks brand, <laughs> it just I felt like it was just perfect. It had little pearl buttons. It was so pretty. I still have it. It's really pretty. I saw it in your closet the other day. Yeah. I've kept it for what reason? I don't know. It's not your style. I, I never really thought, oh, Emma would want to wear this because I just knew it wasn't. It looks very kind of late 70s. <laughs> early 80s, which is when it was. Actually, mom, that is sort of coming back in style. It's prairie. It is prairie looking. And it's kind of, that's maybe rolling back, not maybe rolling, it's like definitely back in style. And I just had a thought, and I'm putting you on the spot, but what if we took it to the tailor and did something with it? Like it wouldn't mess it up entirely. Like I like the top, but turn it into like a short dress or something that I can wear like at another time of the wedding. I am totally 100% up for anything like that because do that. it's just hanging there. And yeah. I would love for it to be used again. I have no attachment to it just like existing in my closet for the next 40 years. No, it's fine. I'm, <laughs> there's something <laughs> you so want to cool. do with Let's it. Do- yeah, great. But so uh, what I want to say that just because I had that feeling back in the 80s, this is such an individual thing. There's many brides out there, maybe their dream is that dress, that fancy, Mm. lovely flowing thing with the train and the veil and whatever. You know, your dream, honor your dream to the best of your ability. 
Not to pull any dreams. No, just be aware there's messaging and marketing out there to make you feel pressure to perhaps do something you wouldn't be inclined to do. Just be aware. Self-aware is what we talk about all the time. Yeah. Just the whole idea of one dress you won't wear again or that won't be worn again. Just a convenient invention for the people who are to make money off of selling you that thing. Yes. The way back. And I would be remiss if I didn't throw in here the huge fast fashion issues with the wedding dress industry. The massive amounts of synthetic materials, the things that are that go into these things that will you know, never be used again, the harmful materials in the production, the human rights issues involved in producing these things and making them price accessible, even though they're still, the prices are still way inflated for what they cost to make. That's a good point. Yes. <laughs> In the name of making them price accessible, and yet it, they are still overpriced for what the quality, a lot of, okay, we're making huge generalizations right now. There's a ton of categories, but if you're looking at the quote unquote more affordable wedding dresses, a lot of times they're such poor quality and thusly still overpriced. Let me tell you about what it's like to drift to sleep on a 100% natural wool pillow sourced from regenerative farms wrapped in a lovingly handmade organic cotton pillowcase. Oh wait, I can't. I think it's just something you're going to have to try for yourself. Holy Lamb Organics is proud to carry on a centuries-old tradition of making beautiful textile products by hand. Combining heritage methods with pristine natural and organic materials and sustainable business practices, they bring a dedication to healthy living and the environment. Everything Holy Lamb does reflects their devotion to the planet and its inhabitants. From their supply chain to their manufacturing processes to their facilities management, nothing happens without considering the environmental impact. Most importantly, they're also dedicated to fair labor practices, secure working conditions, diversity, and inclusion. From the farm to the mill to their partner manufacturers, everyone shares the same high ideals of a safe, respectful workplace and environmentally conscious methods. Making good products enables them to do good work. Every time we order something from Holy Lamb Organics, we're proud to support a small town made in America company. You can find Holy Lamb Organics in the Lady Farmer Marketplace. For additional marketplace discounts, you can join the Almanac, our member-supported community platform. Find Holy Lamb Organics products including pillows, sheets, natural wool comforters, and more in the bedding section of the Lady Farmer Marketplace at www.ladyfarmer.com. So watch out. So that's a great way to curb if if you're trying to figure this out and maybe you do value material and ethics, then that can help rule out a lot. Yes. really helpful. Helps you narrow down. It gives you... And luckily, there are a ton of wedding dress resale websites and apps. I used one called Still White and I found a wedding dress that I love. I ordered it. It came to me from England. Didn't quite fit perfect, but it's with the tailor. That's another thing. We have tailors and people who make clothes to fit you which is also something that we've gone away from in general. And it's been a light bulb in this whole process. Oh, yeah. Yes, you can get clothes to fit you. Exactly. And that's so tied into so much about body image stuff and using things you have. And when you outgrow things or when you 
get smaller for whatever reason. You don't have to go buy new clothes. You can just adjust the clothes you have. It's just, it's a whole thing. So it it's is. been a fun process for me to reconnect to that side of my brain. Yeah. That's jump-started me as well in going through my closet and pulling out things that need minor alterations or maybe even more than minor alterations. And I'm going to take them to this wonderful local woman we found that's a whiz at alterations. And I'm going to have some new additions to my wardrobe, things that have been there forever, just needing to be fixed. So yeah. This, and yeah. here's a trick. We got, we got the name of this tailor from our dear friend, Charlotte, who found her because what Charlotte does is she goes into thrift stores and she finds really cool pieces like cool blazers and dresses and things that she likes the idea of or she likes the fabric. And then she takes them to the tailor. So she spends dollars, right? five to ten dollars on this garment takes it to the tailor gets it redesigns it gets them custom made for her and she has like a closet full of basically custom clothes that she has spent a fraction of the price on it's really brilliant and that is slow fashion y'all yeah yeah <laughs> okay going back to another huge aspect of weddings that Actually, didn't really take up a lot of our planning time because we're lucky, but um, flowers. So wedding flowers, if you've ever planned a wedding, they're very expensive, maybe a lot more expensive than you would think they would be. And personally, since we are friends with flower farmers and wedding florists, we actually understand a lot of where that cost is coming from and why it's like that. It's because you're paying an artist to buy these beautiful flowers who were grown by artists. And it's all such time and care and it is what it is. And obviously things in the wedding industry are priced high anyways, but flowers is just one of those things. And it's one of those things you feel like you have to have. And uh, I have no really big answers here, except if you can buy seasonal flowers, you should <laughs> because a lot of flowers are grown with terrible chemicals. Yes, and I, let me throw in here that just like with the clothing industry and the food industry, the floral industry is huge and there's a lot of problems in it. There are a lot of abuses of land and people and some of these flowers that you buy in the marketplace or in stores and fancy florists and so forth, you know, that travel a very long way. So just like food and clothing, if possible... If you're just starting to think about this, research your local resources, perhaps somewhere in your general vicinity, you have a local flower farmer that uses sustainable regenerative farming methods. And th there you go. That's another way to narrow down the options and decisions. If you focus on that, you are going to find something seasonal. You're definitely going to have fewer options, unfortunately, but they're going to be better. They're going to be amazing options. <laughs> yes. If you're choosing a type of flower that's not local to your region and it's not seasonal, then immediately you're invoking tons of chemicals and fossil fuels and everything just to get them to your location. And, and that's okay if that's what you want and cost. Mm -hmm. Just It's just good to have these things in mind and know what your options are. And also be aware of the issues. And some of these things are just taken for granted. Something else that a local seasonal farmer might offer is a sort of DIY 
option where you can just literally buy buckets of their flowers. So you can arrange them, you can make centerpieces, and that's a great option too for budget conscious. Also, I'm seeing more and more people offering a la carte options. So you they don't come and do the whole wedding, but you do buy the bouquets and the boutonnieres as a one-off. And that's a really great way to save too. So in our case, we have flower friends that are so generously working with us. We're using their flowers. We're buying flowers from them. And then they're going to design for us. So it's going to be so beautiful. And I'm so excited. Your flowers are literally being grown less than a mile from the farm here. It has meaning. It has story. Yeah. So let's see what else. We talked about dress and flowers. A huge one is the meal. Food, catering, that's a huge cost. I think if anyone's ever planned anything, it's feeding people. And also there's a lot to think about in terms of waste. So this is the part of the conversation where you and I really do need a check-in about where we are with that. And because of everything that we're thinking about, you've generously offered to help mastermind the compost part of it because we would like to compost and that's where we are. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about the food. That still has to be worked out. The idea of food waste is really big for us. And we talk about it a lot on Lady Farmer Mm -hmm. and... It's important, I think, that we do the best that we can to address the food waste at this family event. Mm -hmm. And we have some leads. We haven't gotten everything worked out yet, but we're going to try to arrange for some company to come pick up the food waste and turn it into compost. And we've located a couple. It's The logistics are hard. They're either far away. You have to go drop it off or they don't pick up where the wedding is. And the caterer does not have the capacity to deal with the food waste. So we are working on this and hopefully we'll be able to say <laughs> that the leftover food from your wedding dinner went back into the earth as compost. So we're working on that. Something that's interesting is because of some health code, they're actually not allowed to leave leftover food with us, like unplated, unserved food. So from what I remember from meeting with them, they're, yeah, we just throw everything away. And like you said, they don't deal with composting. Yeah. If you're not already aware, composting is not super readily available in most areas. And it's a whole infrastructure system. And the catering company has so many other things to deal with that composting is just not on the list. So throwing that in is kind of a wrench in the system. Yeah, so we're causing a wrench, but we're working on it. (laughs) I'm willing to take as much responsibility as we need to make it happen. I reached out to a composting company and they said, we're too far out for pickup, but you can come drop it off. But then she gave this list of, here's what you need to do to make sure you kind of had to have someone standing at the at the can to make sure that people aren't throwing whatever in the compost. So it's a whole thing. You mm-hmm. have to have the right bags. You have to have the right place. You have to have a monitor to make sure people are doing it right. And you have to have, people have to separate things out. And it's, it seems like a mess, but we're going to try. We are going to do what we can. And I will say this is something we repeat all the time. But it needs to be repeated because not a lot of people understand that food does not decompose in the landfill. So if you're 
throwing food in the trash. You think that's okay. It'll break down out there. It doesn't. You don't have the correct conditions in a landfill to decompose food. So it just piles up, creates methane gas. It is a major factor in global warming. So just people need to know that. So they'll start thinking in other ways. So I'm curious, what do you think about what I just said about having someone stand there? And how do you actually see the compost at the meal practically working out? We do have some experience with this because we did collect compost at our retreats. Do you remember? Yes. And and we were lucky enough to have a composting company in the vicinity there that said, yeah, just do this and we'll come pick it up. So that was fortunate. But what that told me is that it can be done and we're going to work on it. And if it can't happen, then I'm going to forgive myself and give myself some grace on this, but I'm going to try. So that's the meal. There's also the welcome dinner before we're doing barbecue, which the caterer has included all of the single use cutlery and plates in the invoice. And so that's the other thing that we're working on is simply replacing those with compostables. And then again, keeping them separate as people discard them. Yes. No single use. We really do not want to do that. So we find the compostable things, but compostable doesn't mean that you just throw it in a thing and then throw it in compost. Those take special treatment as well. So there's a lot to work out on this score. So there you go. Lady Farmer Plans Wedding. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. But it's important. So we're going to do our best. Do our best. So just a couple more things. A big wedding tradition is the wedding registry. That's important because giving gifts is a really important tradition, especially around weddings, and people are just going to do it. And we have gone back and forth about this a lot because especially now my fiance and I have been together a long time and we've lived together a while and we have everything we need. That's just the bottom line. We have everything we need. So wedding gifts are great, but we didn't want to just register willy-nilly for random stuff. And I tell you what, those wedding registry websites, I can see right through it, mom. It's a whole designed, the way, even the way that, okay, so you as a wedding guest going onto my registry and buying me a gift, that is an advertisement for all of the things. It's like this website that aggregates all of these products Advertise to me, makes me want them. I put it on a thing, makes you want them. It's a whole system. It yeah. works very well. Everybody makes a lot of money. It's also very convenient for all parties all around. So what we opted for is mostly experiences. They do make it easy to do these sort of cash fund experiences. So we put a few things for a honeymoon on the registry. We put a CSA membership on a registry. We put, what else? Oh, a natural wine club membership on our registry. I'm excited about that. And then just because people do want to buy you physical items, we have put a few real items on our registry. And what's funny is the people so far that have bought things, they're all buying the items. People want to buy items. So that's just an interesting observation. Yes, And I do want to say that your fiance, Cam, at first said, we shouldn't even have a registry because we really don't mm-hmm. need anything. And we had to coach mm-hmm. him a little bit because wedding gifting is a huge part of the celebration, a huge part of the event. And if you don't guide people, you're 
going to get things that you don't need or want. It's not because Mm -hmm. people are not thoughtful. It's because you haven't guided them into what you want Mm -hmm. and what you need. And so Mm -hmm. it's really important to have some kind of structure for gift giving because this is such a part of the culture of weddings. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see really quickly. This might have to be a continued conversation. And we'd also love to hear from you if you have planned a wedding, are planning a wedding, are thinking about planning a wedding or any big event. Definitely call in and leave us a voicemail and tell us about yeah. it. I think a big thing that I also decided from early outset to not do that has saved a lot of money, time, heartache <laughs> is not having a formal bridal party in the matching dresses standing up with us at the altar. We have honored our friends by inviting them to be part of a close-knit circle that'll be really helping us out that day, but they're not wearing all the same thing which is a whole other episode about the bridesmaids dress industry is the most fast fashion. Think about it. Dresses literally made to be disposable, wear it once, you never wear it again, and very overpriced. (laughs) I'm not bitter at all. It's like I've had to buy them before. (laughs) But yes, eliminating that whole aspect has really kept things really simple and everyone's so happy. I don't have to tell anyone what to wear or that they have to buy it. And it's just so easy. I recommend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say so many details and work and expense has been eliminated just in that simple decision. And it's not going to make any impact on the beauty of your wedding or any less of a wonderful celebration. Yeah. Yeah. So. So we do have a few more things that we need to do. I think you and I are... Yeah. meeting later this week. We are making our brothers all wear the same thing, but that's because <laughs> they're boys and they're renting it. They're renting the suit. Yeah. So you and I, mama have to go pick out, make sure the color is good to tell them what to rent. And we have to talk about this composting thing. So more to come. Thanks for this check-in today, mom. It's been so fun to chat with you. I'm going to link this video that I just re- remembered in, during this conversation called Adam Ruins Everything. He's really funny and he has an episode on weddings and he talks about the origin of the wedding dress and the wedding cake and all of that and just how it's evolved into this whole big thing. Oh, exciting. So I'll link that. Let's come back in a few weeks and talk about where we are with all these things. That sounds fun. And call in if you have anything to add. We'd love to hear from you. Please do. Woohoo weddings. All right. Bye. See you you on Friday. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in the link in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer with original music composed and performed by John Kingsley. Our technical partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. Post-production by Alex Brower and Jose Miguel Baez, coordinated by Gabriela Montequin. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt.